Hello, and welcome to Science Unscripted. It's Connor here. And Gabe. And for those of our attentive listeners, you will recall that a couple months back, I was in Riga, Latvia, uh, giving a, a presentation, a keynote presentation on the topic of artificial intelligence. Since then, we've talked about that a couple times. One thing I haven't mentioned is this, this, this summit was filled with educators. That's mm. who I was talking to. I'm not sure if I mentioned that in the past. Yeah. All of these teachers from Latvia, Lithuania, and Estonia were there. And at the very end of that presentation, they were absolutely horrified, is the word I would use. Horrified. Uh, horrified. Aghast. Uh, aghast. A room full of horrified teachers? <laughs> when I showed them in a kind of live presentation what um, OpenAI, what the OpenAI companies chat GPT-3 or, or, or GPT-3 Playground, it was called back then, what it was capable of doing and basically how their students could use it to cheat. Mm. In the meantime, we've used, used that technology um, it's to new, create poems, yeah, it's newest soliloquies. It, the newest iteration, the one that made headlines around the world, chat GPT, that's what everyone's talking about now. And um, that's what we're going to talk about today with the help of our colleague, Lucas. Lucas, thank you for joining us in studio today. Hello. Yeah, Lucas, you... Just uh, quick to introduce, Lucas, you're here for how long in Deutsche Welle? Um, three months. For three months. You're just checking it out? You're doing kind of an internship? Yes, it's an internship. Okay. Yeah, with a background in psychology. And Lucas, you recently looked into, uh, as part of an online article, we'll mention the title at the end here so people can read it, but you looked into answering the question that was, at the time of my presentation, an open, scary one. Uh, as an educator, as a teacher, what do you do now that students can generate basically entire essays through the help of, of artificial intelligence? Well, they can't do anything about it, basically. Like, that's the main problem. I mean, there is presumably are tools that can now detect text that's written by ChatGPT, but I don't believe that. If, if that is true, there are certainly ways to circumnavigate it just by pasting the text in Google Translate, translating it to a foreign language and back or something like that. What the researchers or the educators I talked to told me is that, um, I mean, they are trying to innovate. Um, they are having their students use ChatGPT as a tool for inspiration, actually, for their text. So they have ChatGPT write an, an initial draft. So they prompt it with, with something like write an essay about Shakespeare's meaning in the 20th century or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, that's something the program definitely can do. It can also write a, like a whole 20-page text on that. Mm -hmm. But then have the students correct that text and actually correct the mistakes because ChatGPT makes mistakes and add meaning to it. Mm -hmm. And this is a very complex task that actually requires a real like in-depth understanding of the topic. And this is actually something that educators can see as a, as a chance. So you're what, training students then to become editors? Instead of writers, but let me let me go back to quick t to Connor's question because I think this is really important. Is there no task that you can give a student that Chat GPT can't do? I would say there are certainly tasks that it will fail at, but I th I I mean of course there are a lot of tasks I couldn't come. Let's say there are certainly tasks that it can't do, but I couldn't come up with something in my head right now that it would certainly fail it. Which leads us to the question or the solution, um, you, right? You shift things to in-class work. So things that were typically homework, write a four-page essay, um, you know, about the symbolism of the character of Atticus Finch in To Kill a Mockingbird, 
much of which, to be fair, back in the day, you had cliff notes that people were referencing online. You had ways of of making it easier for yourself as a student. Um, but those tasks are now they they kind of have to happen in class, right? Because that's the only way you know that they're not using the stuff. Yeah, but I don't think that's the solution to it. And I, I also I don't the experts I talk to don't think that's the solution. It's like it's like putting a band-aid around that problem is by simply um, requiring students to do things in class or introducing oral exams and a much more creative way and possibly, I personally believe it's a more powerful way of harnessing, of actually like harnessing the power of the technology. It's really doing that thing of training students with that program to have it write drafts for them and then actually do the, like the very cognitive challenging part of correcting, editing the text as the content of the exam, because you can't prevent from students from using ChatGPT unless you actually force them to do like handwritten texts at a university, which is like going back to the Middle Ages, basically. But to go back to, but, but, to Gabe's well, point, why why is it better to tr to 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 create editors than it is to to create critical thinking students who are able to generate their own ideas and express them and convey them? Um, so the thing is, mm, two things. So. I mean, if you ask yourself, what is education for? Education is also training for your life. And the life of the future will include bots like ChatGPT. So coming up with an initial draft is something that in the future a program can do. I, I, I believe that. And I think, I think also the experts believe that. Um, and they're not necessarily trained to be editors, but also to introduce their own ideas. Because a lot of what ChatGPT says is, sounds extremely smart, but it's completely wrong. It's completely off the point. And train them at recognizing that and improving the text. Uh -huh. um, and it's not like this might be a better education, but it's also, we kind of don't have a choice. Yeah. Program is not going away. Yeah. So it's not, yeah, it's it's the least. The, pa the Pandora's box has been opened. Yeah, the, it's open. Is that what you're saying? It's open though. And yeah. now you have to, yeah. now we have, just have to learn how to deal with it. Yeah, And exactly. the best way to learn how to deal with it is to, Learn how to correct the thing. I guess I just or, I, I just don't I I don't agree fundamentally, and my opinion on that is probably out of date now. It's old fashioned, but it's connected to a recent quote from it was somebody from OpenAI, the company behind all of this software based in San Francisco, and it may have been even the head of ChatGPT in an interview with someone, and compared this technology to a calculator, right? Long time ago, whether you were using an abacus or doing long form on a piece of paper, um, at some point the calculator came along and you didn't have to do that anymore. And isn't yeah. this the same thing? And at first I found that very persuasive. True. But the longer I thought about it, the more comments I read, well, no, there is something different between um, you know using a shortcut to figure out what 323 times 872 is versus creatively synthesizing ideas and various sources and putting the, them together in one essay. There is, I, I don't, I can't describe it better than that, but it's different. If you have to sit and scratch your head and wonder, what is the connection? What, how is, I don't know, to go back to, to um, Charles Dickens, how, how is Great Expectations a, 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 a critique of, of class structures in England at the time? Because you would think that numbers are different than words. Words are are emotions, right? They have, to me, a, a, a deeper God importance for being human. But now we can use a, a a robot to communicate those emotions and and put together those ideas. I mean, I mean, if you say, okay, 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 it would be 
it's it, it's a shame that that ability of like filling in or typing the first words of a text or like coming up with a rough draft by yourself and then correcting that draft by yourself. I mean, if you say that is such an essential ability, but how how would you force a student of like the student of the future to actually do that? I mean, are you going to force them to do everything in class? pen and paper i mean i mean i mean it's a good point and uh we have educators listening right now they probably have more answers than i do sitting here but my what i would throw out off the off the top of my head is the final essay is definitely going to be in class and you're not going to be connected to the internet and you're going to have i don't know maybe yeah it's it's going the whole thing's going to happen there it's just yeah you do It feels like you run the risk that all of this all of this works for a student so long as they have access or the internet has access to all sorts of essays on the same subject. And as you grow up and mature and in the real world are confronted with scenarios and questions that don't exist, you know, as answers somewhere on the internet, um, you won't have a very a, a pretty primary skill. I, I don't know how else to put it. I don't, And I don't yeah. expect, Lucas, you to necessarily have the answer. I just know you've, yeah. ch you've checked in with a lot of... A lot of uh, yeah, what, what did some of the researchers say? Yeah, I mean, what is this all leading to? I mean, I mean, what what they told me. I mean, I mean, actually, I didn't discuss this particular topic so in depth with them, but all they told me is that they are not that worried about it, because I mean, they. I mean, I think like the most important take home message also of the article I wrote about it is that students' motivation to learn should not be underestimated, because there's a reason why students at least go to university, and that's because they want to learn. That that would be wonderful if the world were that way, but I'm I'm wondering whether that's almost a little bit too idealistic might be to think that that all kids just want to learn i'm not sure it was that way when i was at school a lot of people just wanted a degree hmm. i remember people telling me at, at college the four year investment going to college they called it that in investment <laughs> so yeah. that they could get their degree and go on and make yeah. money and whatnot i yeah i mean i let me put it this way it's it's comforting to hear that really smart people in the field of education are saying you're making a bigger deal out of this than it actually is. And I, I agree with you, just this is a, a gut reaction that, yeah, young people in particular, they want to learn. And perhaps, I don't know, maybe if you're forced to read a book that's relatively dry for one of your classes, and then you go to chat GPT and ask for it to give you, I don't know, some more insight. Like a into, or, well, uh, yeah. even less than a summary. Um, uh, what is this character doing in that book? Well, this doesn't make any sense to me. And you get an answer right there. That is useful. And you are learning. But it's just so new. It's it's hard. It's to... scary. Yeah, it's it's scary. I mean, but I mean, I mean, just coming back to those students who actually just go to university to get the degree as an investment. I mean, these people who don't care about the stuff they learn, they've always been there, and they always, I think, succeeded in going out of university without actually having learned something by just mm. having passed things. I, I think this is just another tool for them. Mm. I think that also a lot of people. I mean, I mean, I don't have that, uh, but many people have that, that they have like a certain kind of writing anxiety. And I think that is really underestimated that it's a big problem for many students to write down a first line or write a first text on something. And I know that, for example, I've, I've heard that of actually multiple student friends of mine. For example, one of them, um, she's applying for like an Erasmus exchange here, here in Europe. Mm. And she has to write a motivation letter in English and English is not her first language. And she, she really struggled with that. And I actually introduced her to ChatGPT. And it's amazing. It brought an amazing motivation letter for her. Now she's modifying it. And I mean, I yeah, mean, for her, dude, it's amazing. This is the problem. Getting over writer's block, getting over that anxiety 
is overcoming a challenge. That's how you get better. When you are faced with something that's hard and you work hard and, and achieve what you wanted to, to do, not by just clicking a button, typing, typing into something on your smartphone and clicking uh, create, that's taking the easy way out. That is not going to lead to uh, I had, developing a stronger or, or, or yeah. better brain. I just, I, yeah, I, I have a decent number of articles published on DW.com where the first paragraph that anyone out there reads is the 14th version of that first paragraph. And that's why, yeah, I'm left kind of hanging here because I, I'm thinking to myself, there has, it feels like there's something productive about going through that, what is a very painful process full of self-doubt. You're like, what? The, I know this story. I know how I want to write it. And every, it sounds like crap every time it comes out. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. But real quick, Lucas, what what is, so for the people out there, Lucas has mentioned, I think one or two of the people he spoke to for this for this piece. Um, what is it called online so they can hear from all the educators? So if you Google, oh, my article, oh, my article is called, I mean, if you Google chat GPT, Deutsche Welle or DW science, I think you will find it using Google. <laughs> yeah, written by written by Lucas Stock. Lucas Stock. Lucas, Stock. Lucas final <laughs> and possibly most important question here for that article. Did you use ChatGPT? In parts, yes. I mean, <laughs> no, don't tell that to No, I'm kidding. But actually, you just I told them. <laughs> no, I told them. I, I, I did. I mean, I, I honestly, I, I used it to um, give me suggestions for how should I start my article. I, I think I, I didn't use them, but. I, yeah, I mean, yes, and also one one thing where, for example, use it for which. Why? Why would you do that? Uh, Gabe, everyone's doing that now. That's the thing. No, no, that's the thing now. Is I this don't. Is, this is not controversial my, anymore. My friends are all doing that. I mean, I'm, I'm a student. I mean, how should I start my article? <laughs> and then what does it do? Writes the article for yeah, you. Yeah, writes no, suggestions you, for you. Yeah, you have to give it a prompt. Yeah. You have to give it the nuts and bolts or the the rough frame for what you're writing about. How do I start an article that is about how ChatGPT is revolutionizing the field of academics? And Hi, ChatGPT. What should I write in my diary about myself? No, no. Well, I'm a, I'm, you have to give it descriptors. I, and this was the kind of day I had. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lucas, we'll leave it there. Oh, it's ob very obviously to anyone who's still listening at this point, it's a hugely open question. But again, I take solace in the fact that educators out there don't think it's as big a problem as Gabe and I seem to think it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think it's a big deal, but I, I don't know if it's a big problem. I think that's a good summary. Science Unscripted.